0: Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind the scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Hey, thanks for stopping by the PA booth here at Dodger Stadium, where the Dodgers have just defeated the Cardinals one to nothing in a pretty quick game, 2 hours and 14 minutes here at Chavez Ravine before a crowd of 48,763 on Manny Mota Bobblehead Night, a night where Manny Mota, the great pinch hitter for the Dodgers, was inducted into the legends of Dodger baseball, joining just a few Dodgers, who have ever received that honor. It was a wonderful pregame ceremony. But first, let's talk about the game. For the Cardinals, no runs, three hits, and one error. And for your Dodgers, one run on five hits and one error. Once again, Clayton Kershaw was masterful. Seven innings pitched, gave up only two hits, no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts. He threw 88 pitches, 68 for strikes, he was on his game. They didn't get a hit until the, I believe it was the fifth inning. Yeah, it was the fifth inning when uh, Dylan Carlson, the center fielder for St. Louis Cardinals, was able to line a, uh, a pitch into right center field. A uh, pretty solid single. And I guess if you're going to lose a no-hit bid, you might as well do it on the early side rather than, you know, in the seventh or eighth inning. But it really kind of felt like Clayton, was going to do something special tonight and you know he did. I was talking with Oral Hershiser before the game and he says, I'm going to stop calling it Clayton Kershaw Day. I'm going to start calling it Clayton Kershaw Appreciation Day because we really need to appreciate what this guy is doing out there and every time he comes out into the mound it's, it's something to appreciate and uh, once again he performed beautifully. The Cardinals pitcher. Jordan Montgomery also had a good game. He threw six and two-thirds innings. He gave up five hits, one run. It was earned. Walked two and struck out seven. He threw 93 pitches, 59 of which were strikes. So a real old-fashioned pitcher's duel out here at Chavez Ravine tonight as the Dodgers take game two of uh, the three-game series against the Cardinals. One to nothing. And uh, you really can't say enough about Clayton Kershaw, who was relieved by number 59, Evan Phillips. Who pitched a you know he had a little traffic out there, but uh, he pitched a really really good inning, and then Bruce Star Gratterall got the save tonight, and he uh, pitched a clean ninth inning to get his save. So Clayton Kershaw, your winning pitcher, Jordan Montgomery, the losing pitcher, the save goes to Bruce Star Gratterall. Dodgers improved to fifteen and thirteen. Maybe they got some forward momentum going. They've been hovering around five hundred for the most of the season now and uh, perhaps they can start to put some distance, put some uh, games between them and a 500 mediocre record. The offensive hero of the night, Austin Barnes, the catcher, who's really, you know, been scuffling all season long, hitting below 100, but he came up with an RBI single in the second inning. And uh, two stolen bases tonight for Freddie Freeman. Uh, those are his his second and third stolen bases of the season. And get this, it's... It's Freddie's first multi-steal game of his pretty great career. So that kind of surprised me. You know, he's not a guy that you normally would think would be running all the time, but he does a lot with his legs and really surprises you with his base running skill. I mean, Freddie Freeman, really, he does everything well. Uh, Defense, hitting, and base running. Uh, He's just a smart, smart player. And uh, actually, you know, before he got his, his first stolen base of the day, he beat out a what would have been a double play, but uh, he was chugging down the line with those long legs of his, and he made it a fielder's choice and got on first base and then stole second. He didn't end up coming around to score that time, but he really you know kept that inning alive uh, with his legs. James Outman had a pretty decent night. He had a couple hits. He was two for three on the night. But really uh, it was Barnsey who uh, came up with the big hit when they needed it, and uh, that was, I guess, all they needed. A lot of good defense out there tonight. A stellar play by the Cardinals' center fielder, Dylan Carlson. Uh, Just a fantastic catch on a Mookie Betts drive deep to center field. Over his head, just threw the glove up in the air with his back to home plate and just speared the ball. It was just a tremendous, tremendous defensive play to rob Mookie Betts of extra bases. He made another nice catch later in the game with a couple guys on and Miguel Vargas at the plate. He drove one into right center. And Carlson went over there and made a nice sliding catch in the gap. So some really nice defense, some really good pitching. And uh, the Dodgers got the big hit when they needed it and came up with a one nothing victory. So a good game for the Dodgers. That's two games they've taken from the Cardinals, and they play their third game of this three-game series tomorrow afternoon. A Sunday afternoon game here at Dodger Stadium. It was an absolutely gorgeous day, and I have no reason to believe it won't be gorgeous out here tomorrow as well. This was a really special pregame today as we honored Manny Mota, but first we had an honorary first pitch from Bank of America, one of our big sponsors here. Brian Wynn is a homegrown Angeleno, successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, and a family man, and serves as the Los Angeles Police Memorial Foundation board president. The LA Police Memorial Foundation provides grants to LAPD employees and their families who experience you know, significant financial challenges due to a death in the family, an injury or serious illness. So. Um, they do some great work, and Brian came out here and threw a nice first pitch. And then it was time for a big ceremony. We did a lot of preparation. Our audio guys had a lot of work to do, getting monitors down there, making sure that everything was was set for a big pregame ceremony to induct Manny Mota, the great pinch hitter, who's been part of the Dodger organization for seven decades. He was inducted into the Legends of Dodger Baseball. You know, it's a, it's a recognition of Dodger greats and their impact on the franchise both on and off the field. And, you know, there's, there's a couple different levels of, of, of honor that they, they do. There's the Ring of Honor. That's up above the lowest level outside the front offices. And that's all the retired numbers. You know, Pee Wee Reese and Tommy Lasorda and Duke Snyder and Gil Hodges and Jim Gilliam, you know, and Sandy Koufax. Walter Alston, of course, Jackie Robinson and the great Don Drysdale and Vince Scully and Jaime Harin are up there as well. But those guys are retired numbers. and The Dodgers only retire the numbers of players and people who've made it into the MLB Hall of Fame. So if you're, if you're not in the Hall of Fame, you don't get your number retired. And that's why people like Oral Hershiser and Fernando Valenzuela and Steve Garvey and Manny Mota and Maury Wills don't have their numbers retired here at Dodger Stadium. But they are in The Legends of Dodger Baseball. So Manny Mota joins Don Newcomb, Steve Garvey, Fernando Valenzuela, Kirk Gibson, and Maury Wills in the Legends of Dodger Baseball. And they're all all honored with plaques up uh, in the top of the park area, the plaza up there at the top of the park. Um, Oral Hershiser will be inducted into the Legends of Dodger Baseball later this summer on July 29th. So you may want to make your plans to be out here for a special ceremony honoring the Bulldog number... 55 Oral Hersheiser. But today belonged to Manny Moda and his family, and his son, Jose Moda, was the MC of the the ceremony and did a wonderful job uh, bringing up all the guests, of which there were many. I mean, Manny's wife of 60 years, Margarita, was here, the Consul General of the Dominican Republic here on the West Coast, Alfonso Rodriguez, was here. Uh, Mr. Peter O'Malley, who was uh, the Dodger owner uh, during Manny's days as a player. Mr. Peter O'Malley was here. Oral Hershiser was uh, there. Steve Garvey was there. Jaime Harin made his return to Dodger Stadium after his retirement. And the great Adrian Beltre uh, came out of the stands to deliver um, one of Manny Moda's favorite rides at Dodger Town out in Vero Beach. Manny used to ride around uh, on like a tricycle. It was like a, it's kind of like a bicycle-sized thing, but it's got three wheels. And because uh, Vero Beach was so large and so you know sprawling, that Manny had to get from field to field and, and run drills and stuff like that. So they got him a bicycle. Well, in this case, kind of a tricycle, to uh, ride around and carry things around. And uh, the story goes that Manny would grab spikes and gloves and socks and all kinds of stuff from from the trainers and from the, from the area, and then he'd send that to his home country of the Dominican Republic so that some of the kids that were coming up there would have better equipment to play with than, than Manny Mota had a chance to do. In fact, Manny learned how to hit by taking, oh, what was it? I'm, losing, I'm forgetting now, but he, it was like a piece of fruit or something, and they would wrap it in, a, in paper and then wrap twine around it and hit it. Uh, I wish I could remember what exactly it was that they put in there but it was something, you know, some kind of seeds or something like that. And, and, and Manny used that to wrap that up and, and take some, some BP because they couldn't afford a real baseball. But it worked for him because uh, he had a career batting average of 315. And, you know, a little-known fact about Manny Mota was that like he has the second-highest career batting average of any Dodger. Behind who? Behind Mike Piazza who I believe had like a 3.35 career average and Manny Mota had a 3.15 average and I guess you had to have at least 2000 at bats or something like that. I'm I'm not real good on all these stats and stuff. But I think that's a that's a great stat for Manny Mota to be have the second highest career batting average of any Dodger in Dodger history. So very fitting honor for him. Jaime Harin spoke, gave a beautiful speech in both Spanish and English and uh, they talked about how Manny had a global impact from L.A. to the Dominican Republic and beyond. He was born, raised, and learned the game of baseball in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, a place where he envisioned, along with his wife and the rock of the family, Margarita, as I mentioned earlier, a foundation to help the less fortunate. He's also been an influential figure at the Dodgers' own Dominican Academy in Campo Las Palmas. Some young people at Campo Las Palmas filmed a uh, video tribute to Manny thanking him, and uh, several players did uh, video tributes to Manny as well. Pedro Martinez, Kirk Gibson, Mike Sosha, and uh, several others uh, all gave their love to Manny uh, via a video on our Dodger vision boards. And I actually got to take part in the ceremony, which was fun for me. They put a camera on me and they had me announce Manny as if he was coming in to pinch hit. And I got to say, pinch hitting for the Dodgers. Number 11, and the newest legend of Dodger baseball, Manny Moda. And so I got to do my little part of uh, that ceremony, and it was a real honor. We had a really cool national anthem tonight performed by a Los Angeles native who's a critically acclaimed alternative R&B artist whose bilingual twist to the genre has turned heads and opened minds, I guess, too. Uh, she was accompanied by our guest organist tonight, Jeff Lifman, and her name was Monogem. And did a really beautiful rendition of the uh, National Anthem. Sounded really good. And for our ceremonial first pitch, of course, who else? But Manny Moda was the guy that came out. Uh, He's the sixth player inducted as a legend of Dodger baseball. And uh, catching for Manny to deliver that ceremonial first pitch was a former Dodger player who uh, had Manny as one of his coaches and really looked up to Manny. Now the current Dodger manager, Dave Roberts, did the catching for Manny's First pitch. That was really cool. And then Manny and his whole family, a whole bunch of people. In fact, I think they had an entire section in Loge dedicated to their, their far-flung family. But he had, a, you know, at least what, 20, 25 people down there on the field, and they all delivered the words that are recited before each and every Dodger game. It's time for Dodger Baseball. So that was really fun. So it was a really great ceremony, a beautiful pregame, and a really great way to honor a very wonderful man. Not only a great player and a great hitter, a fantastic humanitarian. And just there's something about Manny's gentle nature that just really draws you in. I had a chance to talk to him for a second in the, uh, the diner. I didn't record our conversation, but I, uh, I congratulated him. and He shook my hand warmly, uh, kind of gave him a little hug. And uh, just, you know, it's just really nice. Every time I see him. He always says, oh, la voz, and I call him numero once, number 11. And so it's always great to see Manny here at the ballpark, and it was really great to see him inducted into the legends of Dodger baseball. Our military hero of the game also tonight came from the United States Navy, Petty Officer 2nd Class Jose Barreto, who's from La Puente. He enlisted in 2018, and he received orders after training to report to Walter Reed Medical Center. Better known as the President's Hospital because that's where all the U.S. presidents go f- to receive their medical treatment, and that's in Bethesda, Maryland. And he served as a Combat Service Support Officer for both the Rough Raiders Air Fighter Squadron out of Lemoore, California, and now he's stationed at SEAL Team 1 in Coronado, down near San Diego, as a Combat Service Support Officer. I did a little research on Combat Service Support Officer, and it's a very broad. <laughs> title for what these guys do but they provide logistics and support for combat units so it's a very broad definition but it it takes a lot of training and study to do what they do so he's obviously a very um, highly qualified uh, military hero of the night he was joined tonight by his wife Myra and they have two baby girls Gabriela and Martha that's petty officer second class Jose Barreto of La Puente our military hero of the game so tonight I'd like to uh, continue my conversation with Dodgers historian Mark Langell, because, you know, we, we kind of celebrated some Dodger history tonight, so I thought it was only fitting to give you a little bit more of my chat with Mark Langell, our Dodgers official team historian, and uh, here's some of that conversation now
1: amazing thing about the ballpark two 100 million dollar facelifts so you don't feel that dodger stadium is the third oldest ballpark in the major leagues Uh, but to be able to have somebody like janet marie smith the vice president of stadium development to just decide to dig two big holes on each side of home plate after the 20 uh 2012 season and go underground and build all these catacombs. And if you look at Dodger Stadium on the top deck, you say, well, isn't that nice and nostalgic? Isn't that quaint, this ballpark? And then you look underground, and it's all these modern amenities. And it's the absolute best of both worlds to be able to have all this modern stuff that the modern-day player is going to want. But then for the season ticket customer, for the fan that might have seen Drysdale, Colfax, Hershiser, Fernando, it still feels like Dodger Stadium
0: still feels the same and what what we've started to see is is a curation of of the stadium and there's beautiful exhibits there's Vinny's world series rings there's you know models of of Ebbets Field i always tell people get here early try to get here when the gates open the game moves faster now you, by the time you get that beer and hot dog you might miss two innings but if you get all that stuff done beforehand and then you also get a chance to walk around the entire circumference of the ballpark so what are some of the things that people should come and see for sure.
1: Well, they're hidden gems in the pavilion and people really should explore the pavilion because it's kind of like the catacombs in terms of you've got two lounges that were built, the gold glove lounge and the speakeasy, but you've also got things like Fernando murals, Fernando exhibits, you've got Tommy Lasorda's locker, you've got a plaque honoring Hank Aaron for his last home run in 1973. Uh, poster from 1974 when they had the Hank Aaron poster day and I think that's very important because to be able to honor an opponent they thought so much of Hank Aaron back in the day to honor him um, to have all those type things around the stadium. And then on the club level, behind the press box, how about the bullpen cart that starts in 1969 and until about 1975 when they changed it out with a branded automobile to bring a pitcher in from the bullpen? Now we'd run out of gas because we'd make so many pitching changes. But the original lockers, they held on to those. So to be able to have artifacts in the lockers to see Uh, a turnstile to be able to see framed ticket stubs. Hey kids, they used to be ticket stubs because now you just think of a beep on a phone. So not only the lockers and the bullpen cart uh, but as you mentioned, Ben Scully's rings and the the medal that he got from President Obama after he retired in 2016, um, the, the signs, things like that, that's the fun part to be able to show off and depending on how old you are, let's say you're a little older How about seeing the surviving members of the 1955 team come back for a 50-year reunion in 2005 and to see the jersey that they all signed? How about the last home plate to Ebbets Field? September the 24th, 1957, Danny McDevitt beats the Pirates 2 to nothing, and right next to it is the home plate that they presented Mayor Norris Paulson on the very first day, April the 18th, 1958, when the Dodgers were going to play at the Coliseum as a temporary home, turned out to be four years during the construction of Dodger Stadium. Then you can see a painting of Dodger Stadium the way it could have been with a musical fountain in center field. Then you can see the typography model that Walter O'Malley took to all the meetings to show all the service roads and how the stadium was going to be built. And so if you come here early enough and wander around, depending on how old you are, certain things are going to catch your eye. Now maybe you're not that old but you're an Instagram fan. You're a social media fan. So there's so many things to be able to pose in front of. Maybe it's the oversized bobblehead of Tommy Lasorda in center field or the Dodger dog statue or anything like that. We're in the top 10 in the world in Instagram location hits. I guess that's how you phrase it. Mm. I sound like an old person trying to describe a social media term, but that's the amazing thing because we only have 81 home games and you look at the rest of the list of the top 10 and you see like the Louvre Museum and Leningrad and things like that, there's good old Dodger Stadium. Uh, That really emphasizes and shows, Uh, and a reminder too, we have the Guinness Book of World Record for the highest cumulative home attendance since 1901 for any professional sports team. So what do we take for granted? Three million plus? We take the weather uh, going into opening day this year. We hadn't had a rainout in 1,810 consecutive games going back to April the 17th, 2000. So the great weather, the great location. Um, but you're absolutely right as far as coming early. You don't want to get stuck in traffic because would you do that if you're trying to catch a flight? Just you know, come to the airport and try and hope that you're on time. It's such a wonderful experience to be able to explore, and the way the stadium is laid out now with everything in center field, uh, there are places to explore and things that in the last two years have been added to the stadium. So if you haven't been here in a while, it's definitely a celebration to be able to explore this wonderful ballpark.
0: So that's Mark Langell, the Dodgers official team historian, a really great guy, and boy, does he have a lot of stories. We'll have more from him uh, going forward because he and I talked for nearly an hour and we had a really great conversation about all kinds of things, baseball and non-baseball alike. So uh, you'll hear more from him as we, as we move forward with the episodes of Dodgers Homestand. But before I go, I want to just tell you a quick story uh, about coming into Dodgers Stadium because you never know who you're going to run into here at the ballpark. And it's so fun to just kind of run into people. And today I was walking in and it's a weekend, so the, everything was all locked up and you need your special proxy card to open the front doors to get through the front offices and enter the ballpark. And beh- right behind me was Super Agent Scott Boris and his retinue of uh, of guys. And they were trying to figure out how to get in. I opened the door. They started to come in and follow me. And I turned to them in mock seriousness and said, uh, are you gentlemen uh, authorized to uh, enter the ballpark at this time? And I thought they were going to kind of be dicks. I mean, I, I didn't know. I, I just kind of assumed that a Super Agent would be kind of a... You know, not the nicest guy, but they couldn't be nicer. They were really funny. They cracked a couple jokes. I let him in, and then we chatted all the way down into, uh, you know, into the area behind home plate where I left and went into the press box, and, and they really just couldn't have been nicer. We chatted. They had one of the uh, Cardinals players with them, a guy named Tyler O'Neill, who played left field for the Cards tonight. And he was actually scratched from the lineup yesterday with a bad back. So I asked him how he was doing and where he was from. He's from Vancouver. Really nice kid. Totally jacked. I mean, that is one strong young man. You know, it's funny to see these guys up close and personal sometimes. You just you just realize how how big they are, how strong they are, how fit they are. You know, they're just they're just kind of a a different breed. But it was really cool to to run into and finally meet Scott Boris because we sit up here in the PA booth and we look down and we see him chatting up, everybody. People are coming by, taking pictures with him. He's talking to his various clients that come in from out of town, other teams. Uh, He represents so many players in Major League Baseball and has really uh, changed the game in a lot of ways as far as salaries of players. You could say he's ruined the game or you could say he's made it better as far as uh, players' rights and things like that. But one thing's for sure, he's had quite an impact on and He's obviously really, really, really good at what he does. And it's funny, uh, you know, you meet people and you know, you have certain things you think they might be like or whatever. But um, it's interesting how, you know, the higher they are in their career the more successful usually the nicer they are and maybe there's a reason they got to that level because they're good people so that kind of was really cool to meet somebody like scott boris and like i say you never know who you're gonna meet at dodger stadium so that's really fun so tomorrow we'll pick it up and do it again 1 p.m start time first pitch to wrap up this three game series against the st louis cardinals dodgers looking for a sweep And then we're going to welcome in the Philadelphia Phillies with Bryce Harper and Trey Turner returning to Dodger Stadium for the first time since he left the Dodgers. So we hope to see you out here at Dodger Stadium very soon. Make your plans to be out here. Uh, It's going to be a gorgeous spring day tomorrow, and the weather cannot have been any better today, and I'm sure it's going to be really nice tomorrow. So I'm your host, Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers, and we'll see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts.